Today's episode of Talking with T-Bird on Rob as a Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at BetterHelp Online Counseling. If you're having trouble meeting your goals or difficulty with relationships or trouble sleeping, if you're feeling stressed or depressed, BetterHelp is available. BetterHelp offers online professional counselors who can listen and help simply fill out a questionnaire and assess your needs. And BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is secure. Online professional counselors. BetterHelp counselors have a broad range of expertise, which may not be available in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send unlimited messages to your counselor. You will get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and everything you share is confidential. You won't have to sit in an awkward waiting room. Again, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so it's easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. In fact, so many people have using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Rob is a podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash R-H-A-P. That's betterhelp.com slash R-H-A-P to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp professional. If you stay here and listen, your life will never be the same. Cause we're talking with T-Bird now. And this T-Bird you cannot change. Oh, this T-Bird you cannot change. That's right. Talking with T-Bird is back once again this week. And we have such a good podcast for you today. I'm so excited about this episode of the podcast because this person that I'm about to introduce you to went and tracked down one of the people on my original list. When we started talking with T-Bird, I gave her a list of 10 names. I said, here, this is the this is the 10, and we've expanded. We found so many other great people to talk to, but this was one of the originals because we're going to hear from Marilyn Mad Dog Hershey here today from Survivor, the Australian Outback, and the woman that tracked her down. Here she is. It's Teresa T-Bird Cooper. T-Bird, how are you? Hey, Rob, I'm good. I did a little premature on the bell when I heard Mad Dog because I've been so excited yes. for the last few weeks about Mad Dog. And I've had the opportunity. Usually I don't talk to our guest at all. I like it to be fresh, you know, but for whatever reason, Mad Dog and I have, have really um, built up a friendship. And we've been talking for the last several weeks. And does she have a story? She is so much bigger than Survivor. So much bigger. And everybody is going to really enjoy her today. Yeah. She is amazing. Okay. Really looking forward to that. Last week, we talked with Todd Herzog on Talking with T-Bird and got a lot of great feedback about that. And people wanted to see our uh, respective action figures. Pop, uh, what were they? Pop pop figurines? Funky Pops. Funky Funk, Pops. Funko Pops. Yes. Funko of Pops. T-Bird. And myself, so uh, that's that's been great. If you missed that one, definitely check out our our conversation with Todd uh, T Bird. What have you been up to this week? Uh, getting excited about Marilyn. Mm-hmm. 
just really, really excited about Mad Dog. And um, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm flying some, but just really um, doing my promo for Mad Dog. I was yes. trying to think of something really fun for Mad Dog's Larger you think you Than got Life. It? Don't spoil it. You think you got no, it? No, no. Yeah. yeah, I got it. I got it. Mad Dog's Larger Than Life. And I and I have to do this shout out because I don't want to say he he said he wasn't going to blow my cover, but you know, we try to keep our guest quiet and a secret. Okay. And this Michael Acampora, Michael Acampora sent me a message. He said, My spidey sense, I'm pretty sure. That you're going to have Mad Dog on this week, and I don't want to blow your cover, so give me a shout out, Michael. Here's your shout out. Good job. Yeah. Wow. What a uh, yeah. A lucky it's, guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think he actually did more than do a lucky guess. He was looking through some stuff, and I thought, yep, he yeah. saw it. He, okay. He Maybe found that it. hat, so, T Bird. Have you thought about well, that? No. Nah. Okay. All right. Who be would, careful. Who, who'd bother? Be careful. So yeah, Mad Dog is going to be great. She her her outlook on life. She's been through ups and downs, but I'm telling you this. When you talk to her, she doesn't feel sorry for she said for herself. She has no pity parties. She she says she can't afford resentment, that it's like a piranha that'll eat you from the inside out. She said it's baggage. And she told me, you gotta get rat get rid of your baggage here on earth because when your time is up, the policy in heaven is St. Pete will not let you in with baggage. So she's going to be so fun to talk to today with everything that's got on and happened through her life and what she's doing now. Okay. All Get right. Get ready. All right. Uh, hang in there, everybody. Uh, Marilyn Mad Dog Hershey is coming up first. Let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Butcher Box. Uh, Butcher Box is delivering high quality meat right to your door. And right now they've got a, a great offer two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of your subscription when you go to butcherbox.com slash RHAP. Uh, that is an incredible offer. Uh, of course, uh, that it's springtime. People are trying to uh, clean up, straighten up uh, the house. And you may not love cleaning, but you can't help feeling great about taking care of your space. And taking care of what goes on your plate is just as important because ButcherBox helps you make mealtime moments feel special year-round. Each month, they send you a box of the highest quality meat for a better price than you would get at the grocery store, giving you more time to spend cooking and sharing delicious, high-quality meals with family and friends. Uh, we record these podcasts on Sundays. Uh, Sunday is the night that uh, in uh, the springtime into summer, we do a barbecue a Sunday. I try to uh, at least, you know, I'm podcasting a lot of times during mealtime with my family during the week. Sunday is the one day that we do a Sunday dinner and it happens to be steak night tonight, T-Bird. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, ButcherBox uh, sends you a great quality steaks it's a big hit uh for nicole and myself uh we try to have a uh, one nice meal a week and butcher box helps us out with that all of their meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones uh, each box has about 10 pounds of meat which is enough for 24 individual meals it's packed fresh shipped frozen vacuum sealed so it stays that way you can customize the box or go with one of theirs either way you get exactly what you want it's such a no-brainer they ship the best meat right to your door which means no more trips to the grocery store to pick up Things for dinner, options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and the sugar 
nitrate-free bacon. It's the way meat should be. ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat for about $6 a meal, and they even have free shipping nationwide, except to Alaska or Hawaii. And right now, you can get this great offer. ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box. For the life of the subscription, just go to butcherbox.com slash R-H-A-P. T-Bird, let's get to talking with Marilyn. Why don't you uh, do the honors? Okay. At the age of 51, our guest today was cast on the top-rated show of 2001, which is still the highest-ranked season of the series, Survivor, the Australian Outback Season 2. But wait, let's go back. Her dad was a G-man. She would follow closely in his footsteps and become one of the first women assigned to street patrol with the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. She has said as a cop she was almost psychic. She could smell a gun, made more felony arrests than the men, and discovered more weapons all without having to use her gun. She worked the graveyard shift and would proudly earn her nickname, Mad Dog. Because every 10 minutes, she would call for backup. She would rise to the rank of inspector of D.C.'s 911 response team. After 26 years with the MPDC, she decided it was time to retire. Whether the stress of her job was a contributor, she began drinking in 1979 and would hit rock bottom. Her mom confronted her saying, quote, you're an alcoholic, end quote and took her to her first AA meeting. She would be sober for 34 years. So, 36 days on an island would be a much-needed vacation for this overachiever. She filmed her audition tape in a dumpster, and the rest is survivor history. She didn't have an alliance, no strategy. She was the lone wolf. I didn't care about winning, just being there with the kangaroos. I didn't want to spoil the freedom of the experience by the backstabbing and the ugliness, she said. She would be voted off on day nine, her 20 minutes of fame turning into two years with many paid appearances, with even talk of her own reality show, Mad Dog 911. She had an undying love and connection to Australia, contacting an attorney after returning to try and arrange dual citizenship, but had to settle for a kangaroo tattoo and the letters S-O-B on her calf. She would go through heartbreak, bankruptcy, and after 34 years of sobriety, began drinking, determined to drink herself to death. She said she abandoned the God of her understanding, but he would not abandon her. He knew a simple wrist slap would not get her attention. She passed out one night, ignoring the signs of a concussion after hitting her head. After weeks passed, realized she couldn't tie her shoes, zip her pants, or speak at times. She wound up in ICU for five days with 50 metal staples in her head. She immediately became sober and will tell you she's a walking miracle. She is now consecutively sober for five years. At 72, she shares her passion for life with the love of her life, Lulu, her 14-year-old lad, 
and her three cats on her farm in Richmond, Virginia. She has stayed in shape, maybe subconsciously, she has said, to come back for her second chance. Rudy played at 72 in Borneo, and again on All-Stars at 75, then I can play at 72. But she said she would be a different dog, a dog with a bite. Buckle up! Buckle up, listeners! Making her very first appearance on RHAP, I introduce to you the feisty, sassy, hilarious, beautiful, outspoken, spunky, candid lady who loves hip-hop, is a certified horticulturist, trained nurse's aide, who refers to herself as a hot dog and a bit of a hermit, who is arguably still one of the most popular and memorable pre-jury boats ever. Marilyn Hershey, a.k.a. Mad Dog. Wow. Wow. Can we make that my eulogy? (laughs) Hey, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Mad Dog, you're here. You're here. Uh, The Mad Dog. She's alive. <laughs> alive. Uh, Marilyn, this is really, this is such a thrill for me because that this, you were one of the first people I said to T-Bird uh, when we started doing this. I said, could you, could you track down Mad Dog? For 20 years, I've wanted to talk to Mad Dog. And now oh this is that day. I'm so, I'm so excited. Are are you wearing your depends? <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Yes. Oh, uh, what a thrill! It's a thrill for me. Um, <laughs> good grief! Here I am in my Australian room. Yes, surrounded by kangaroos, crocodiles, kookaburras. Uh, wombats, platypuses, uh, echidnas. Hey, I mean, oh, and two kangaroos, two stand. Well, actually, they're the size of wallabies, but I'm in my kangaroo, my Australian room, and I wish y'all could see it. Mad Dog, you didn't mention your diggery-doos. Did, yeah, did your do. Oh, oh Lord. Um, look, the Australian economy really missed me after I lost. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, look, if I like something or love something, my philosophy is to be I be. And uh, I brought back four, well, I had them shipped, four didgeridoos. And while I was there, I learned to play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's no easy task. Uh, Your embouchure has to be perfect. Otherwise, you make a... uh, a farting sound. <laughs> so there's a lot of motivation to get your embouchure right. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Madog, uh, you had to find somebody or convince somebody to teach you because that wasn't a lady's instrument. Is that right? Uh, oh, that's right, T. Uh, I found an aboriginal who uh, finally I convinced him with some American dollars to teach yes. me. <laughs> ordinarily, the, uh, the didgeridoo is the sacred ceremonial instrument for the aboriginals, and they do not permit women to play it. Hmm. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't know what they're missing. <laughs> you broke through the barrier, mad dog. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprising. Oh. Not the uh, first time. And I and I got pretty good on it. Yeah. You know, I could get uh, some good Yep. I sound just like it. Yep. Yep. I remember uh, when you played it on the Survivor, the Australian Outback reunion show. Oh. God, you do? Yes. And I didn't fart it, did I? No, nailed it. (laughs) Holy smokes. Thank you. Yes. Well, I can nail it again. (laughs) Yeah. Mad Dog, that I was so disappointed when they voted you out in Survivor, the Australian Outback. You were so fun to have on the show and I, I always just uh, have had a warm place in my heart look Rob um, I'd say hello to you and is it me you're looking for <laughs> I can see it in your eyes I can see it in your smile <laughs> are you still a singer mad dog Oh, uh, that would be a no. Hmm. Um, years, thanks to years of smoking, hmm. not a singer, or let's say quite pitchy. Hmm. But Marilyn, you're still a smoker, but I did read where you had done quite a few half marathons mm-hmm. as a smoker. And during one of your half marathons, you actually stopped for a smoke break. (laughs) Tell me about that. It was my first one. uh, This was the uh, Virginia Beach half marathon and half marathon. Uh, And it was my, my first one. And So I got to about the 10-mile mark and realizing, I, hey, all I had left was um, three miles, point one, to go. Mm -hmm. And I saw this lady who was out sprinkling her lawn, and I zeroed in on what she had in her other hand. And that would be a smoking cigarette. <laughs> so I was immediately drawn to her. So I ran out of line, ran over to her, 
And I said, ma'am, my lips are clean. Would you let me have a couple pops? <laughs> and she said, yes. And hey, I took two horse drags <laughs> on her cigarette. <laughs> and uh, like a smoking dragon. Mm hmm. Got back in line, and it's like, I, it was kind of like Moses parting the waves because all the other runners, uh, they abhor smoking mm -hmm. or anything that smells like smoke. So they all ran ahead of me. Fine. Uh, but I made it. Yeah. But I'm telling you. Once I got to that finish line, I cursed every cigarette I ever smoked in mm -hmm. my life. <laughs> and Mental. that apl applied to all the races. Yeah. Didn't you win? I, I and didn't you take the division? Didn't you win in your age division for that race? Oh, uh, that was the Navy. At, no, wait a minute. Because that was another half marathon I won. Uh, I did one in Suffolk. Uh, or was it Chesapeake? I don't know. Anyhow, it was a half marathon. Colder than hell and windy. Plus a little drizzle. Uh, not my favorite climate. but. Hey, I persevered, and uh, I did it under three hours. Uh, normally, it would be about three days. <laughs> <laughs> I did it under three hours and uh, won first place in my age group. There you go. You want to know why? Why? Yes. I was the... <laughs> um, <laughs> I was the only one <laughs> in my age group yes. that ran it. Yes. You can leave that you made out, it. Mad Dog. Yeah. Leave that out. Hey. So, Mad Dog, you actually had a patch in Australia, right? For the game. Yes, I did. Did it work? Did it help? Uh, well, some people thought it was a uh, hormonal patch <laughs> <laughs> it was a smoker's patch but mm -hmm. every now and then um if i really felt like i needed a hit i just stick my head over the campfire get that smoke mm -hmm. and that would do this trick oh hey oh i'd be good for days it helped a lot however I had to take it off at night because, good Lord, it gave me terrible dreams, very vivid dreams. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was hard to sleep with that patch. Yeah. Did you dream you were on an island with no food, with a bunch of strangers? Was that the nightmare you were having? <laughs> that. That's that's a good one to yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. 
I was in the twilight zone, just being there. Uh, God, I loved it. Yeah. I loved that experience. And uh, now I'll tell you, we didn't need alarm clocks. We had natural alarm clocks when we knew the sun was going to rise. And can you, can you hear that? Yes. It, is that a, uh, a little uh, stuffed animal bird? Oh, the cuckoo birds. Cuckoo birds, yes. It was like this cacophony of cuckoo birds that would wake us up every morning. And yeah. it, I just cracked up every, t- every morning I just cracked up. When mm-hmm. those kookaburrals would get going. Manta, could you tell us, how did you end up getting involved with Survivor? Were you such a big fan of the first show that you uh, sent in a tape to apply? It, you know, I watched the first show, and the first thing that came to my mind was, huh, I can do that. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Then I was off to the races so to speak. Uh, You know, I never thought that my application or my video would make it past my mailbox. Yeah. Uh, But to my, you know, shock, I kept moving up and finally made it to California with 50 other finalists. And I'm thinking, to myself, well, hey, uh, this has been a nice trip. Mm-hmm. Then, after all these interviews and also a whole battery of psychological exams, because uh, I don't think they wanted any axe murderers, mm-hmm. so <laughs> they had to make sure we were at least halfway together. And then one evening, there's a knock on my door. My partial is out. I'm in my bathrobe. Um, I mean, I really look like a dog. And it was the uh, congratulations crew. <laughs> and they said, you're going. Hey, I couldn't believe. I could not believe it. So that was it. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, that was the good news at the time. Now, let me tell you, I do not like heights. I would have made a very bad fireman. Um, But the bad news was... I had to go and, uh, hey, parachute. And yeah. I'm thinking, Mother of Christ, be with us. Be with me. Oh, good. <laughs> so they sent me to 
some let's see, it was halfway close to uh, Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Because they wanted everybody to parachute into Survivor the Australian Outback. Yes. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, this ain't gonna work. (laughs) 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 You know, and so, well, they had a very difficult time organizing it. And then finally, I got the call that said, no, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Too many glitches. And immediately from my lips was, there's a God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but some of the poor contestants did it they already went yeah yeah and i'm thinking oh mm, i don't even want to know but um basically i'd have uh i think i would have done damn near anything to uh to get on Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have, I would have done it, yeah. But uh, I wouldn't have been real happy. <laughs> yeah, real happy about it. They would probably have had to tranquilize me. You know, oh, and Mad Lord. Dog, you, but you weren't there actually to really to play the game or to win the game. You were just there for the experience of Australia. Oh, I, you know. Did not want to uh, get into an alliance. And I remember Kobe coming up to me and saying, hey, do you want to join our alliance? And I looked at him and and I said, uh, I'm not ready for that. And I was never ready for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to get into all the backstabbing, um, the crap, uh, making up stuff about Carol and his beef jerky or the beef he was jerky. Look, because <laughs> he slept under that canoe every night and God in heaven only knows what he was Wait, doing. Wait, so, all right, so th- this is now, <laughs> Mad Dog, uh, that you're, that first off, you, uh, it sounded like you just acquitted uh, Kel and then uh, accused him of a different charge, a different controversy. <laughs> hey, oh, look, 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 um, look, I, I have, <laughs> maybe that was what they were accusing him of. <laughs> <laughs> he never had any beef jerky for God's sake. Okay, well that wow. Okay, so I feel like that and and I've talked to so many survivors uh that Keith said he didn't know, but uh that Tina and Jerry have said that they they said that oh he got stopped at customs with all the beef jerky and did he sew it into his pants and they oh. f- felt like that they swore that he did have it. Oh shit. Uh, put him on the polygraph. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So, the so box, yeah, the you say 
doesn't lie. Yeah, you say there's no way he had it. Uh, well, you know, maybe some brave soul could have done a rectal search. <laughs> That's a, just look. Hey, uh, no, I really do not think he had it. And that okay. was something you heard, you heard that, it. They, that they all made up and I didn't want to be part of that crap. Mm-hmm. And Rob, it's interesting that Mad Dog is saying that. 26 years on the police force, making more felony arrests than the guys, able to smell out weapons. She's saying she did not think he had it. This is pretty strong here. Yeah, Mad Dog is very strong. Yeah, Mad Dog was not comfortable with those uh, accusations. I watched that episode uh, not too long ago. And yeah, you didn't like that they were accusing him of something. Well, you know, accusing is one thing, but oh, they convicted I was him. I kind of horrified yeah. uh, to learn that they went through his personal belongings. Mm-hmm. They went to his backpack, uh, and I'm like, Jesus, what kind of a game is this when these folks are going through somebody else's things? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and I told them all um, how I felt about it, and that did not get me any points with them but what they did was wrong Mm -hmm. so I felt compelled to tell them and I did do you think that's why you were voted off after Kale do you think that affected you staying in the game mad dog um hard hard call um, but it certainly didn't didn't gain me any points. Mm-hmm. Mad Dog, uh, when you got voted out, did you know that you were getting voted out? That I, I watched that episode this morning to get ready to talk to you, and I went back and I, I was watching it. Uh, but they didn't make it seem like uh, that you knew it, your time was up. Was that a surprise? Kinda. Yeah. Yes, um, at tribal council, you know, like Jeff had asked some questions and, you know, and I'm, I think Jeff knew, you know, the production crew knew mm-hmm. uh, that I was going to be voted out and Jeff Probes asked a very probing question. He uh, he asked me, "How do I trust?" Mm-hmm. Okay, hmm. and I remember saying, "I trust with my heart," mm-hmm. and. That was it. Yeah. And I, I trust with my heart. And 
uh, it's funny. You know, I didn't know Tina had voted me out. Yeah. You said you were uh, inseparable. I did. <laughs> you said she's a constellation. <laughs> oh, God. She's a good player, though. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, she had me snowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you said in that episode also that you don't, you didn't trust Jerry. That was the person you could, you felt like you, you couldn't trust her. You voted for Jerry. What was Jerry doing that made you feel that? Oh, well, she started this crap with, uh, the beef jerky. Yeah. For one thing. Um, then, let's see. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I mean, she loved to create the drama. Mm-hmm. She she loved to stir up the crap. Um, and she started uh, bitching about the rice that, um, damn it, what's his name? Come Chief. on. Chief. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I just had a little senior lasp, or should I say lapse? Uh, she was bitching about the way Keith was cooking the rice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my feeling was that uh, if it went down and didn't come back up, it was good. <laughs> it was good life. <laughs> yes. You know, I I had no problem with Keith's rice. Keith's rice. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, Keith, um, <laughs> now, what amazed me about their selection process was mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I mean, they asked me if I'd ever had any camping experience and and I had to say once as a Girl Scout but I I was no camper you know Mm -hmm. Uh, hey I was a uh, survivor out on the street in Washington D.C. but uh, would not survive long (laughs) Mm -hmm. wilderness and I had to Ask Keith every night to light my lantern. I I couldn't light my lantern, for Mm -hmm. God's sake. Mm -hmm. So Keith would light. Now, he didn't light my fire. (laughs) He he lit the lantern. (laughs) I, I love Keith. Yeah. We we talked to him uh, not not too long ago. Uh, he was he was yeah he was fun to talk to. He's not cooking anymore, Mad Dog. Oh damn! Well, who is doing the cooking? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He gave it up. He gave it up. He makes documentary films now. Oh shit! Uh, I should give him a buzz. Yeah, maybe he can make Document. one about you. Document me. Yeah. 
You know, <laughs> be one hell of a story. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Mad Dog, when you got voted out, that you took your Mad Dog hat, your signature Mad Dog hat, and you put it on Amber. And I always wondered about that. That you were you close with Amber? It didn't seem like that you you yeah. and she had much of a relationship. Was she just next to you and said, "Okay, you're the new Mad Dog now"? <laughs> oh, uh, she and Jerry were uh, tighter than ticks. Yes. Um, but young little Amber, mm-hmm. and uh, I had never had children. And, hey, I just looked at her and thought that it would be a nice thing to do for her. Yeah. Is give her my mad dog hat and call her the mad pup. (laughs) The mad pup. Yeah, the mad pup went on to have a lot of success, though, mad dog. Oh, you're not kidding. (laughs) Yeah. That that hat has brought her good luck. Hey, uh, I mean, yeah, I wasn't giving her the curse of Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but young, God, so young, little, little Amber. Mm-hmm. God bless her. Yeah. Um, Mad Dog, can I also just ask you about your uh, signature uh, name, Mad Dog? Because you never came across to me as mad why why are you mad dog (laughs) that that came uh early on during my police career where when my peers designated me as uh mad dog because particularly working the midnight shifts or a 7 p.m. to 3 a.m., um, that's prime time for crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always out there. I was probably one of very few that never slept on the midnight tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out there looking, looking and sniffing mm-hmm. for guns. And uh, and I sure found a lot of them. Uh, some high speed chases. Uh, I was always looking for trouble, mm-hmm. and and found it. Yeah. Does it speak more to that you were like a bloodhound that you were able to like uh, sniff out these problems as opposed to that you were like ill tempered? Oh, certainly not. No. no. I've never seen you get mad. Hey, uh, I was just a very aggressive police officer. And, you know, my peers felt that, God, I was like a mad dog looking for criminals. Mm-hmm. and kept them awake all night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey. See, but I think she's more of a Marilyn than a mad dog. Well, I don't know. Her police career, Rob, is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, and what I had read and mentioned in her intro was 
when she was on the graveyard shift, she would be every 10 minutes, she would be calling for backup, 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 because she was out there. Somebody with a gun. Yeah. And after she retired, she actually then, I think later, she was in a, she went into, you're a correctional officer, what, you mad dog? In high maximum security. Mad dog. I think the only female there, right? Uh, oh no, there, there were a lot of, uh, female correctional officers. In maximum security? Oh, this, this, yeah. Okay. Uh, but this was, uh, an institution for men. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there were a lot of, a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Who, officers, uh, okay. Yes, who were correctional officers. Boy. Did I have? <laughs> did I have some experiences there? Mm-hmm. And that completed um, everything involving the criminal justice system, sometimes the criminal injustice system. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, hey, uh, by working in corrections. I had seen the end result of uh, convictions. And I tell you, I would not trade that experience for loving or money. Uh, it was a real eye-opener for me. And as a young cop, uh, my attitude was like so many still today. Hey, lock them all up. Forget about them. Throw away the keys. Um, but it it twisted. I look. I did a what big one eighty mm-hmm. after working in that environment. And uh, it, look, I learned so much about myself. And other people. Um, and sometimes I thought that I would have let at least a third of my folks go. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, instead of sending them to uh, Gordon or to some other penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I loved it there. I I loved it. I loved the population. Uh, and boy, did I do some funny things. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, look, they'll never hire. Well, what another, did you do? Uh, they'll never hire another celebrity again. I'll tell, I'll tell you that much. Well, word had gotten out that uh, that I'd been on Survivor. Oh, this so. was after Survivor you did this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did it when I was about 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did Survivor, and then you went and then you went to go work in the penitentiary in, sec- in security. And then what happened? Uh, People recognized you? I, I, I guess some did. Uh, but they'd heard that I was on Survivor, 
and uh, and I was about sixty years old and had been retired for quite some time. Um, when I did serve in the Department of Corrections, and <laughs> the experiences were just out of this world, and some absolutely hysterical. Can you share any? Oh, hell yes. Oh, oh look, this one time we were doing uh, a toss-up, well, searching of the cells, you know, looking for contraband, what have you. And um, <laughs> so the officer who was in the uh, little command thing and working the doors, he uh, he locked me in with two inmates in their cell. <laughs> as a prank or was it as uh, an accident? An accidental yeah. locked me in. Yeah. So I turn around and I'm looking at the two guys and uh, they're looking at me and simultaneously we just all cracked up. <laughs> just laughed like hell <laughs> at the absurdity of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I laughed like hell and I, and I said, gentlemen, you know, it's really been a pleasure, but I better let them know that uh, I'm in here so they can let me out. So that was uh, hysterical. Yeah. To me, I laughed mm-hmm. like hell. Mad Dog, you were, you had some reality TV producers approach you after Australia about a reality show, Mad Dog 911. Now, what was the premise of this going to be? What kind of story were they going to show you? What kind oh, of light? Because I had a problem with the premise. <laughs> and uh, the premise was that I was going to go solve people's problems. You know, um, it wasn't really fleshed out very well. Like what kind of problem would would they call you for? God only knows. <laughs> like I said, uh, it wasn't very well fleshed out. And uh, no, it didn't uh, appeal to me. So there was no further explanation on that. You wanted you didn't want to move to LA either, did you? You wanted oh, to stay. I, I couldn't do that, no. And leave my donkey and my critters, my goats, uh, my dog, my cats, my sister. No. Yeah, uh, just not practical for me to go. Who have you stayed in touch with from your from your season, Mad Dog? Mostly Mitchell. Now, Mitchell and I, after we got the boot, 
we uh, <clears throat> we traveled all over Australia, and uh, we and went out everywhere, mm-hmm. and and I'm thinking. Hmm, Maybe I better tell people we meet that he's my son. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they might think I'm a cougar. <laughs> Mad Dog, with your final, with the final three, did you know? I mean, were you pulling for, for Tina or Colby or Keith in the final three? Did it make a difference to you at that point who won the season? Not really. No. Um, but I thought that probably the most worthy was actually Keith. Why? Um, he, he just struck me that he had more integrity playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard anybody say that before, but that that's something that you uh, value uh, very much in the people that play this game, and it's something that's hard to keep. Yeah. Hey, I don't recall him stirring up anything other than mm-hmm. when he cooked the rice yeah he, he, hey he stirred the rice and and <laughs> that was, that was it. all stirred that up. was it and uh look and he made sure that he lit my kerosene lamp <laughs> hey. mm-hmm. have you kept up with watching any survivor after you played um, maybe for about the first five years, yeah, and then just you know got into uh, so many other things, and just yeah. was drawn away from it, yeah, or let it kind of die a, a quiet, merciful death, <laughs> as far as I was concerned. Did you ever run into Rudy at all? I know you were always compared to him. I know you live in the same area. Did you ever have any run-ins with him? I never. You know, damn it. I never did run into uh, Rudy. Mm -hmm. Never met him. But I met two of his daughters when I was running uh, the Navy half marathon. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was that was uh that was cool. Mm-hmm. But never met him. Yeah. Now Rudy, wow. <laughs> uh there'll never be another Rudy. No. Rudy. No. And I got to spend uh, a lot of time with him uh when I mean- played uh, when I played the second time and he got voted off. I was with him for about four weeks, and I'll never forget oh, that. Wow. He was a hoot uh, himself, uh, you know, a, a, a lot like talking to you. A character. Yes. A total character. <laughs> Funnier than hell. Yeah. Absolutely. 
and a good man and um and thank him for his service yeah can I ask you, how did you ultimately decide to go into working at the in the police force? Because I know you had a very accomplished career, and I was thinking about you, and uh, you know, at the time that you got into it, that that probably was like an unusual career choice. Well, our uh, my dad was an FBI agent for thirty three years. So, you know, I was kind of this little chip off the old block, but um, what I really wanted to be was a a singer, Mm -hmm. an actress, and a star. Yeah. And at one point in time, I had a recording contract with the Kingston Trio when I was about uh, okay, Trident Productions with the Kingston Trio when I was about a sophomore or junior in high school. Yeah. And that was another time that I couldn't go to California. (laughs) Uh, of course, I was only about 17, so mm-hmm. Ma said no, but, you know, had a signed contract with them to record, uh, but I, di- I didn't make it there. Nope. But I sang uh, all through high school with a band called Venus. And the fly traps. Yeah. And I wasn't. It's a great name. And I wasn't. Oh, I thought of it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You were Venus. And I wasn't a fly trap. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> I was Venus. <laughs> what style of music did you sing? R&B. Yeah. Yeah, could you uh, expand on that? T-Bird said in the intro that you are a big fan of hip-hop. Oh. And I had never heard that before about you. Oh, love it. Love it. Um, I'll tell you, when... uh, And I really got exposed to hip-hop during my one year as a correctional officer, okay? Mm-hmm. And I loved it because it was so syncopated. I mean, and the words and the, oh, man, the multiplicity of rhythms. And I, I just loved it. And uh, a lot of the guys were playing it in their cells. So a couple of <laughs> I'd ask, I'd uh, open up their slot and I'd ask them to pump up the volume. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any artists in particular that Uh, you enjoy? Oh, uh, one of my favorites, absolutely, is Three Six Mafia, (laughs) DCJ. Yeah. (laughs) DCJ. Wow. 
Boy, are they crass. Oh, my <laughs> God. A string of, like, a string of expletives. And you like that. Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, wow, just, man dog. Love this stuff. So, Rob, when I first started trying to get in touch with Mad Dog, which was during season one, two years ago. Season, I season one of Talking with T-Bird. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When yes. I was getting, trying to get in touch with Mad Dog, mm-hmm. her answer machine, I was disappointed every time I didn't get her, which I didn't get her at all until just recently. Yes. But her answer machine music was so good that even though I was disappointed she didn't answer, she had all these hip-hop artists on her answer machine, so it was just fun to call her and leave her a message. Mm-hmm. What's your answering machine, Mad Dog? Oh, well, right now, I've got Lunatic Fringe on there. <laughs> <laughs> she changes it around, Rob. Yeah, yeah. She keeps it fresh. Uh, on the voicemail. Uh, lunatic Fringe. <laughs> We all know they're out there, and I'm probably out back searching for the lunatic friends. <laughs> and unfortunately, the lunatic friends um, seems to be expanding. <laughs> I won't expound upon that. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be getting into politics, and we'll have a blow up. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, and I and I'm still on the list. I'm, you know, waiting for my uh, for my COVID vaccination. Yes, yes. And I told the lady that. Uh, registered me uh, I said I will also require a booster rabies shot <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> since I'm a mad dog yes yes mad, <laughs> yeah. mad dog definitely yeah. uh, needs that <laughs> oh yeah. boy uh, <laughs> Mad Dog, uh, one of the other great moments with you on Survivor was when you had to participate in the gross food challenge. And then uh, to compete in the challenge, you took that partial out to uh, to compete with yeah. it. Yeah. What, what yeah. was it that you ate? Was it the worm? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. The man worm. want that worm getting, because I had a strategy. <laughs> I uh, I didn't want it getting hooked on yeah. anything. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I took my lower my lower partial out and I held that worm up by its tail. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. The mangrove worm. <laughs> it had some length to it. Um but I just opened up my mouth and just basically kind of 
chucked it on down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew if I bit into it and got any juices, I'd have been puking. Mm-hmm. Just like this did. Mm-hmm. Take a Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, did not keep mine up. It's a great strategy. It worked. Yeah, you nailed it. Hey, Mad Doc, I want to ask you about Elizabeth. When you, you met your cast out there, are you surprised with the success that Elizabeth had after after the show? Just from your first, you know, yeah. impression of her? I, I thought that they should have put <laughs> Mad Dog on The View. Yes. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't that have been a better yes. way to go? Absolutely. Oh. Uh, Wouldn't that have been a better uh, show? I would. I think I would have been a little more down to earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but Elizabeth, a beautiful young woman. Yeah, uh, a fine woman. Um, lovely, but um, well. Whether well, I disagree with a lot of her views, but mm. uh, still, hey, a lovely woman. Yeah. When you first met her out there, though, Mad Dog, did you did you see what you know? Like I said, the success that she had afterwards. Could you tell that she would do something with with well, her yeah. talent, or did you did I, you see or notice her talent? I uh. Not to that extent. Um, I don't know. I think I might have been a little surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she did have a you know very uh, extensive oh. career after the show. She sure did. Yeah. And good for her. Mm-hmm. Mad Dog, were you surprised of the success or the notoriety and art that all of y'all got after Australia? Did you expect that after Borneo aired that oh. y'all would be rock stars? Holy smokes. That was bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. All the hype. Uh, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. there was an invasion mm-hmm. of those. Uh, the tabloids that invaded Wakefield, Virginia and went on an archaeological dig to find dirt on the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, I left no dog behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good job. they, They couldn't Get a scent, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh oh, my my sister, she went crazy. She said they were all over everywhere, and what it killed, and it made uh, several stops. Um, even found. The uh, the gal that was giving me writing lessons 
And, uh, hey, uh, I mean, they they really dug but could find no dirt. But I'll tell you something. One, one of those tabloids, and I think I still have the article somewhere. Yeah. Let's see. I was on the cover. Uh, Varner was on the cover. It might have been another one mm-hmm. on the cover. And uh, let's see. On the opposite team, they had, uh, damn it, I wish I could remember his name. It was the only black guy. Nick. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Nick Thank Brown. You. Yes. Um, so we were all on the cover. And the, and the reason why was that there was uh, a speculation that we were gay. Okay. And uh, the article that that was written kind of kind of pushed it that way, and pushed it that way for me. Uh, now, if I'd have been gay, hell, I'd have let everybody know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm an open book. Uh, I I don't believe well I believe in being real but I thought to myself well gee um I could uh organize a whole bunch of witnesses that would say otherwise uh that I'm strictly heterosexual but instead of calling me gay they'd have been calling me a whore (laughs) (laughs) mad dog mad dog dog. well you know hey rob when when i talked with mad dog i said mad dog is there anything off limits she goes no buckshot buckshot we we go all over the place so yeah. But uh, what happened to you, you know, uh, was like a, a real invasion of your privacy. Uh, you make a joke, but uh, that's, you know, uh, really shines a light on, uh, you know, a very ugly part of like the, uh, you know, I- entire uh, reality TV genre of like, uh, like digging into people's past. Or well, privacy. Uh, you know, so I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to uh, to leave that alone because, uh, hey, uh, they would have thought I was a hoe. So, <laughs> so I left it alone. But, um, oh, oh, for heaven's sakes. Yes, man. Yeah. Yes. You know what uh, that major tabloid? Okay, damn it! Come on, name me a few. National, National Enquirer. Enquirer. 
Thank you. Yes, oh, yes. Okay. So good. You fill in my blanks so well. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> now, I have a question for you guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you know the full name of the CEO? Of the national, <laughs> the, uh, David Pecker, I believe, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I look. As soon as I turned eighteen, <laughs> I would have headed towards the court <laughs> and had my last name changed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you imagine all the little peckers running around? <laughs> or what he was like as a little yeah. pecker? Yeah. You think and that maybe he he got damaged somewhere along the way and got into this line of work uh, after oh. a lot of uh, psychological abuse? Oh, gracious. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going through elementary school and your teacher calls upon you master pecker uh no no right i it, i never would have survived <laughs> mm. anyhow that's enough of pecker <laughs> Mad dog, and I think you mentioned that being in the uh, working yes. in the maximum security prison, you saw quite a few of those. Probably Wait. enough to last a <laughs> lifetime. Did you not say that? I did say that. This was from your <laughs> private conversations with Mad Dog T Bird. It's hard to say. We've talked a few times. Well, it's been great. I uh, honestly, um, I did see enough penises to last me. A lifetime. Trust me. Mad dog. <laughs> yes. You were you had been um sober for thirty-four years. What what a, what a segue. And went through a difficult, challenging time. I'll tell you one thing I've I learned about Mad Dog the last few weeks we've talked. Her glass is always half full. Mm-hmm. There's a silver lining to everything. And she has no, she blames no one for anything. She takes responsibility for everything, but she is fascinating to listen to. And she went through a heartbreak and bankruptcy and started back Mm. drinking. And Mm. Marilyn, do you care if you want to share some of that with us? Mm. Well. Uh, that particular fifth is gone. Otherwise, I would share with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. Uh, I tell you, during my 34 years of sobriety, it had crossed my mind. If I ever picked up a drink again, it would be the equivalent of spitting in God's eye. Uh, That's how serious I was about my sobriety. 
now. Uh, but my jumping off the wagon was um, as predictable. Um, a lot of folks will return to drinking uh, if they stop going to meetings, if they stop practicing the program. Um, hey, you know, um, if if they abandon the spiritual program, you know, AA <clears throat> never abandoned me. Uh, I just fell away and abandoned it. And also, God never abandoned me, but um, but I abandoned the spiritual part of myself. And so when the big storm came, hey, all my tools were gone. Even the toolbox. Uh, I I had nothing to grab hold of. My foundation for sobriety was no longer there. And uh, it was as simple as two words. Fuck it. And I picked up again. And I drank for about maybe a year and a half somewhere around there and and what's going to drink myself to death um you know hey i just didn't care and well and and also very very defiant now i wasn't one of those alcoholics that thought they were cured and uh, could go back drinking. Oh, hell. I knew I was an alcoholic, you know, but uh, God. Oh. And very defined. Oh. Well, God and Jesus got together and they were, you know, discussing my case. And they decided that they had to do something about the mad dog uh, and her drinking and her defiance that uh, that she's, you know, going to kill herself by drinking. So, like Keith said earlier, uh, they knew better than to give me a wrist slap. <laughs> no. <laughs> Worst slaps don't work, and it never worked uh, for the mad dog. Uh, I usually have had to learn the hard way. And uh, so anyway, I passed out upstairs in my hardwood floor and cracked, not cracked, but hit the back of my head uh, at about an eight on the Richter scale. Mm -hmm. 
came to immediately, crawled into my bed, and, uh, hey, I guess I was, and there was a knot on the back of my head, of course. And uh, lucky enough to wake up that morning and go to work um, as a, uh, a nurse's aide. So, a couple weeks go by. Well, I knew during the first week that I had a concussion. No question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would get on my lawnmower and I couldn't mow because the vibration made my head hurt really bad. Um, but that left and so I figured, hey, I'm good, and I'm still drinking, and I'm mowing while drunk as well. Uh, a couple times, I catch myself um, in the vicious entanglement of honeysuckle. Honeysuckle vines pulled me off my... Uh, lawnmower and uh, well anyway all right this is where i need a uh, damn it what are those things that uh they're not three by three teleprompters yes teleprompter i need a damn teleprompter (laughs) you're doing great mad dog shit look uh so Okay, after four or five weeks, uh, I noticed some real problems. I kept knocking a lot of things over. Um, my coordination, I had problems. I had cognitive issues. Um, it, I couldn't even uh, do a text or a phone number. It, it had all turned dyslexic. I mean, it was mm-hmm. bizarre. So I knew something was wrong. I went to my private doctor. Hey, told him uh, everything that had been going on. He wanted to admit me right away uh, to the hospital. And I thought, shit, if I go to the hospital, I can't drink. And I can't smoke. So, <laughs> thank you. But no. But then I thought, how about an MRI? Mm-hmm. And about a week later, I showed up for my MRI, drove myself, uh, didn't bring my cell phone. Hey. I figured it's going to be routine. Had the MRI. Uh, then the technician came out to see me. And I'm trying to get a read on her. And I'm thinking, hmm, she doesn't look too happy. She said, Miss Hershey, you have to go to the emergency room right away. And I said you're shitting me 
she showed me the pictures of my brain. Half of it was black with blood. Um, I'd had a subdural, a slow bleeding subdural hematoma for about four, five, six weeks, somewhere around there, a long time, mm-hmm. uh, for it to build up and start causing problems, real problems. Yeah. Uh, so then, anyway, I go to the hospital. They can't help me there, so they sent me to Norfolk uh, General Neurosurgery. And all I knew was they had to get into my head. And they were going into my head. Mm -hmm. But was I going to ask them specifics? Hell no. Because if they told me, I swear to God, I'd have been off that gurney in my little green gown. So I had no questions. They asked me, do you want your whole head shaved or half? And I said, that would be a whole. Do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, they went in there. Uh, and of course, I know now exactly what they do and how they get in there. Anyway, woke up by the grace of God uh, with 50 metal staples in my head <laughs> and was in ICU for three days and uh, another five days. and. Then I was released, and I loved, I tell you, I was just grateful to be alive, and I was instantaneously sober. I have not had a compulsion to drink or a thought of drinking ever since, and of course, I got back into AA, and uh, when they took my staples out, I kind of hated to see them go because I was liking the heavy metal look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing uh, all that with us. Uh, that's oh, really uh, such a. Uh, no brain damage. <laughs> uh, I had another MRI after the staples were removed and. No brain damage. So I have a whole lot to be grateful for. And this August 15th, one day at a time, of course, will be six years. Yeah. Yep. Added on to my 34 years. But it's the six years or the five years now that count the most because it is now and and sometimes you know it'll flash through my head Marilyn uh, you could have had 40 years Mm -hmm. or 41 consecutive years 
but I I don't. I rarely revisit that because it is a total irrelevance. Yeah. And would be wrong. So I'm I'm grateful. Yeah. That's such a powerful story, and I think that uh, I I don't know if if you even know that uh, the impact that you know telling it and, and sharing that with us is going to have on people who listen to this podcast. Well, you know, I figured uh, I sure as hell wasn't anonymous as a practicing alcoholic, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> So what would be the point of being anonymous now yeah. Yeah. that I am sober? Uh, no, no point. Like Popeye's Sailor Man, open up my can of spinach, and I am what I am. Yeah. Amazing. And Rob, Mad Dog is amazing. And before she started, it's like I said, she's always so optimistic and positive. And she went through, I can't even imagine the dark, the darkness she went through. And she heard, we talked about a little bit in detail what happened for it to spiral out of control. And right behind that, she said, but I blame no one. I blame no one. And she's. Really, like you said, I know her story is going to touch someone else. And I could tell you, Mad Dog, from these last few weeks, our time together on the phone, you have enriched my life beyond words with your strength and your compassion and and your sense of humor. And it's it's so funny. So, Mad Dog, I saw I read something the other day and I thought of you immediately. And it's a quote. It was a quote from Robin Williams, the comedian that who is past now. And he said, you're only given a little spark of madness. You mustn't lose it. Mm. That reminded me mm. of you mm. immediately because mm. a little spark of madness. I mean, you're more than a little spark. You're like the huge flame. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful and it's contagious to anybody that touches you through conversation or, I mean, I'm so blessed. I mean, we had never met. I had never talked to you until a few weeks ago. And now I feel like I feel really close with you. And I I just think you're an amazing, amazing woman. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Oh, keyword. She's so humble. Mm -hmm. She's so humble. Oh, oh, hon, oh, uh, my, look, when the Lord was passing out humility, uh, I was close to the end of the line, <laughs> so I only picked up a little, mm-hmm. but consequently, my lessons in humility have usually been ones that have taken me to my damn knees. However, uh, do I have humility? Um, Yes, certainly more than a thimbleful 
<laughs> okay. Um, but I tell you, uh, my lessons hard learned, my humility hard gained. Um, but I can be humbled by so many things. Um, now, you know, I get humbled by people primarily doing good things. Uh, I find that very humbling. And I find integrity very humbling. I find all the virtues very humbling. Mm -hmm. Mad Dog, your whole experience with Survivor, was that all in all, a great experience. Would you go back? Would you have done it again? Oh, oh! The first time, would you have gone in back? A, to in a hot minute, as long as it wasn't in Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. You're good. You like Fiji, Mad Dog? Oh, oh. I would have no problem with that. Oh, well, you're in luck. <laughs> They're all in Fiji now. Oh, my God. No. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. You didn't tune back in to see the mad pup come back? Uh, I think I'd seen some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the mad pup and still has, has your hat? <laughs> Yeah, whatever happened to uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even feel like she wore it again the rest of the season. I don't remember seeing it, even in Australia. Well, uh, the hat by now may have disintegrated. Might have. It might have. <laughs> no, she still has it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she still I'm, has it. I'm mm -hmm. sure she does. Mm -hmm. Somewhere. Somewhere. I still have my bathing suit. Yes. What do you do with it? You have it on a mannequin? And my backpack. Mm -hmm. and, uh, a couple of my uh, the brassiers I mm -hmm. wore. I, yeah, I'll tell you, I cried her here. For God's sakes, I was the only woman that wore a real brassiere. <laughs> I found that astonishing. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody else was running around like, hey, I, I don't know. Was that uh, a production decision or that was your decision? Like they, were, yeah, they're, they're marching to the beat of their own drummer. That, that was my decision. Yeah. I told this here. Uh, plus, I had some middle-aged fat, you know, <laughs> which... <laughs> Well, I call it baby fat now. Mm -hmm. That's what I have. I, I still have some of my baby fat. <laughs> uh, but it helps sustain me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and after that, uh, oh, man, the pounds were coming right off mm. and, and stayed off. Um, but that... Oh, my God. I mean, 
I would go yeah. back and do it in a in a hot minute. Manta, mm-hmm. what do you, what keeps you busy now? Oh, jeezy, please. Um, well, right now, cleaning my house. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, getting down on hands and knees. Lots of elbow grease, uh, every crack, crevice, cranny. I mean, I'm really working hard in the house. But a few people know that I sculpt. I sculpt clay. Oh. And uh, one of my works was best in show at a local um art show what did you make oh oh all kinds of things i can sculpt anything basically what uh, one first in show yes which but, one oh, not 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 first best best oh best best in show out of about 90 entries and mine was the only sculpture and what was the sculpture of? Oh, a. Uh, it's not something you saw in the jail, right? It wasn't the pecker, was it? Yeah. <laughs> the peck? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you saw so many, I figured it was just coming to you as you started oh. sculpting. It just happened. Well, Male anatomy. You know, I really could have gone phallic after that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't expecting that from T, right? Let me see. Mad Dog, I have enjoyed you so much. I know the listeners are going to be thrilled. So, Rob, I talked to Mad Dog, like I said, before the last few weeks, and I'm so excited to say Mad Dog set up a Twitter account. She didn't have what? one. What? Get out yes. of here. Get out said, of here. Rob, I said, Rob. Rob, I said, Mad Dog, you have to set up a Twitter account because your fans are going to go crazy nuts wanting to reach out to you. You're going to go on up. Twitter? Yeah, she's got it. She's got it set up. It's set up now. Tell them. Go ahead, Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. I got it right mm-hmm. here. What's the name? Hey, I'm a uh, certifiable twit now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is the name? Um, what the? Oh, shit. It's at <laughs> yes, good thing. Yes. Yes. Mad Dog, I've it's at Hershey, Maryland. It's H-E-R-S-H-E-Y. And then Maryland is M-A-R-A-L-Y-N. At Hershey, Maryland. Oh, Twitter. Okay. It's All right, let's see. Thank, you. Yes. Thank you, T, for yes. filling okay. in my blank. Oh, four, four followers here. Following 84 that people. Yeah, okay. It's going to quickly change. Uh, yeah, I, I, that I should wait until we drop this uh, but to, to follow it. I don't want people to, to let people who get to this part of the podcast, they can, they can find out about this. This is great. This is great. I was going to say, Mad Dog, how do we keep up? I've, I've waited 20 years for this. God. I don't want to lose you again. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rob? Yes. You won't. All right. You won't lose me. Yeah. You got me. Yeah. Well, you absolutely. 
you know, so far exceeded my expectations, which were high, which were high. I was so excited about this. And, and uh, you were even more incredible than I could have imagined. You're kidding. No, I'm not. And I'm not. And I'm that I I am very, uh, you know, I'm sad to hear that your life hasn't all just been one wonderful thing after the next since Survivor. I wish that that was the case. It it hasn't stopped just being, you know, amazing one day after the next. I'd say, wow, that's incredible. Uh, That was very well said. Yeah. And. Because of that, I tell you, I call myself or refer to myself as a visceral enigma. Yeah. I think that fits. Yeah. I just think you're one of the most uh, interesting people that we've ever found. And I'm uh, so, so glad to uh, be able to uh, have gotten the chance to speak with you. I'm stunned. Mad dog. What would have happened if you would have that when when you, they didn't they didn't find that brain bleed and oh. so you could have been gone oh. and, and I would have never gotten to talk to you. Oh no question. And I'll tell you something. While I was lying on the gurney waiting for them to put the juice in me to put me out. Um. I was at peace at that moment, you know, and I was looking up and I'm thinking, hmm, Marilyn, don't even try it. Try to make a deal. Fix me, God, mm-hmm. and that should be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. Oh, no, no. <laughs> None of that. Uh, I, I, felt such a peace and a presence that I turned my life and my will over to the care of God. Yeah. And that was regardless of which way this thing goes. Um, it, you know, and it's, and it's his will. And I was ready, and uh, that I might not wake up, and uh, and I had accepted the situation, and it, it was an incredible feeling, and uh, and I still have that today. And I think I'll give that an amen. Amen. <laughs> amen, Mad Dog. Mad Dog, again, you have touched me these last few weeks. I can't ima- even begin to imagine how many people that are going to hear this that are going to be equally as touched. Thank you so much. I adore you. You are oh. a class act. Oh. Well, this is all very uh, cathartic. For me, and I should be paying you guys a thousand dollars an hour. Okay, well, we won't okay. stop you, Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you hey. came in high with that offer. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, 
God bless you both. Yeah. Mad Dog, do you watch any other shows on TV? Do you watch any television? Oh, dear. Uh-uh. Well, I have an admission yeah. to make. All right. I love the sci-fi channel. I oh. love sci-fi, fantasy, uh, vampires, uh, werewolves, uh, outer space, yes. ETs. Yeah. What do you like? All, Star Trek? All of that. But. Yeah. I'll tell you. Mm, I. <laughs> I mainline, so figuratively speaking, MSNBC. Mm, okay. A lot, of, a, a lot of news. Yeah. And CNN. Yes. A lot of news and a lot of politics. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mad Dog, mm-hmm. this, this was incredible. This is incredible. All right, we're gonna be we're, we're, that. Uh, I'm gonna now hear from you every day. I need updates. Oh, hey, do you have my home phone? No. Okay, I'll get it from T Bird. Great. Oh, I was ready to spit it out. Over no, don't say it here. <laughs> don't say it here, and don't post it on Twitter either. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, get it, get it from uh, the T. Okay, all right, T. Bird. Anything else? Thank you, Marilyn. Okay. Oh. Thank you, Mad Dog. We love you, oh. Mad Dog. Yes. Oh, we love you very Don't much. Make me cry. Mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. Yes. Uh, suck them back, Marilyn. Suck yes. them back. Yes. A true legend, Dog, Not- One last thing I I thought of. I was watching you. You and when I was watching you on the show. You only called Colby uh, the cowboy. And I just want to say, I really, I like that. You call him uh, cowboy. Uh, like, we'll, uh, you know, we'll take care of you tonight, cowboy. Oh, look. Well, there was something they didn't air. Yes. At night. All right. Our first night there, it was raining. It was cold. We're all under the uh, Texas the flag. Whatever the hell it was, and and uh, Kobe's talking about his bull riding, and I'm thinking, Jesus, that's a rough sport. So he's talking about all these uh, bulls he's ridden, and uh, spontaneously, I piped in, well, Kobe. I've ridden a few of those myself. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yes. What was his reaction? Oh, look. <laughs> oh, to my humiliation, nobody laughed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was 20 years in the making, but you got to laugh now. Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. No wonder they didn't air it. Yeah. (laughs) It's a family show. Okay. Uh, Mad Dog, thank you so much. And we'll look for you on Twitter, okay? 10 4. Okay. Love you guys. Love you, Mad Dog. The force be with you, you too, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Take care, okay? 
I'll talk to you guys soon. Talk to you and, soon. And uh, give me a buzz. <laughs> and T-Bird, give yes. me a call right after. You know I will. Okay. All right. I Bye, got man, to unwind. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye. Bye, Bye man, dog. Bye. Bye. Woof, woof. <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> T-Bird, wow. Uh, I I have to, like, uh, again, I am so in awe of uh, what you've been able to accomplish here with these Talking with T-Bird podcasts because I never thought I would get the chance to talk to Mad Dog. And you did it. You found her. Gosh, Rob, it's it's been, thank you for having her on that first initial list that yes. made me want to go after her for you. Yes. Because- Inside baseball. Uh, T-Bird doesn't usually have her camera on when we do these on uh, Zoom. And uh, she did say, I could see how much that Mad Dog was having an effect on T-Bird. Yeah, she is. It, it, and Rob, it's so interesting too. Again, I know a lot, you know, we know these people from Survivor and Mad Dog, again, she is a legend for so many reasons, but just looking at her story and her background and what she's done and how far she's come and just her spirit and her energy, it's mm-hmm. really touching. So thank you for wanting her. And and she has just enriched my life so much these last few weeks getting to know her. So yeah. I feel like I have a friend for life. She is classic yeah i also want to get out uh, a website uh aa.org if you or somebody you know uh is looking to find uh a aa meeting to uh get to or to uh look into aa.org uh will have locations of a place where you might be able to find a meeting that is in your local area and uh really um t-bird between todd last week talking sharing his story and mad dog uh, this week that I know we didn't plan it out this way. Uh, that I, I personally, I didn't even know that Mad Dog had been through that um, in in her life. So uh, it wasn't that we scheduled them back to back, but both had very powerful stories about how they overcame uh, an, an uh, addiction to drinking. And I, I don't even want to say they overcame it, but how they uh, learned to uh, cope with their addiction to alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting too because again the fans look at these people characters as characters from a from a reality yeah. show and just what i've gotten to learn about them their their stories and they're they're just normal people that go through everyday ups and downs they have things to deal with like everybody mm-hmm. and they're real they're real people and we got to see that with Todd we start, we certainly saw that with Mad Dog today. And, you know, her intro, I have to tell you this, Rob. She has done so many fascinating things. I was just so in awe with her um, police background about, you know, her dad was a FBI man and then how everything that she did. And her intro was so long, Rob. And I kept telling Glenn, I said, I've got to cut this down. So, it was still pretty long, but her intro from the beginning was so long because she had done so many amazing things as I was afraid we weren't going to touch on. But yeah, 
Yeah. I know the listeners are going to love hearing from her. Okay. Well, this was another great one. Of course, check out Todd. We've had so many fun uh, talking with T-Birds uh, recently. Uh, we're going to have to have a, a week off uh, for next week. No talking with T-Bird uh, next week, but plenty more good ones to come. T-Bird, uh, where can people check out uh, all of your amazing videos that you make to hype up these uh, Talking with T-Bird episodes? At T-Bird Cooper on Instagram. And then Twitter. At T Bird Cooper. Okay. Uh, we've got so much great stuff coming up on Rob Has a, a Podcast, uh, including we'll talk about the 31st best season of Survivor of all time, Survivor Game Changers. We talked about Ghost Island last week. I've been getting so much nice feedback from people who've been enjoying uh, those shows. Uh, you check those out at robhasawebsite.com. Everything else uh, that we have going on in our Patreon feed at robhasawebsite.com slash patron thank you so much for listening take care everybody have a good one bye bye if you stay here and listen your life won't ever be the same cause we're talking with T-Bird Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and it's hard work, but you know it's easy? Bundling with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance, and it's a good thing, too. You're busy enough. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today.